0: Welcome to the Chad Cargill ACT Test Prep Podcast, coming to you from the Ollie Ray Ranch in Choctaw, Oklahoma. It is great to be with you for episode 14. We are on part two of scholarships. My goal is to give practical tips to help you increase ACT scores, qualify for college, and win those much needed scholarships. We'll talk colleges, careers, and most of all, test taking strategies and tips. I hope you enjoyed part one of the scholarship series. In that, I, uh, it was a little bit of a long episode in that I, I tried to establish a lot of the terminology and the types of scholarships, and kind of a plan on how to attack the, the maze and the marathon of scholarships. I hinted at what this week's episode would be about, and that is those five key things you must do to make sure your app is read and placed at the top of the list. Most scholarship applications look like all the others. And many of those apps, they're not even read. And as I said last week, most of those apps are skimmed. And I don't want yours to be skimmed. And so this week, I'm gonna go through some of the details of what you're putting on the app and how to do that so yours gets read. All right, so first of all, I get asked a common question at the workshops where students will come to me and say, Hey, I'm filling out the applications. I'm, you know, whatever. And I've got all this leadership and all this community service. And you know, it's like, okay, I do this. Should I put that on the application? So should I put this leadership project? Should I put this community service on the application? Here's how you determine that. You simply say to yourself, Do I want to be asked about this in the interview? If you want to talk about it, if it's something that you did that you'd be excited to be asked about, put it on the scholarship app. If you don't want to be asked about it, don't put it on the scholarship app. It's just a great rule of thumb. You know, there's no like, oh, well, if you do this kind of project or this kind of community service or this kind of leadership, it goes on there. No, no, no. You make the decision What to put on your scholarship app based strictly on, do you want to be asked about it in an interview? And see, when you think of it like that, it becomes pretty obvious because you're like, oh, I probably didn't do a whole lot with that. I better not put that on there. I don't want to be asked about it. I'm not really sure what I would say. Or you immediately say, yes, I would love to be asked about that in an interview because man, I did a lot with that and I'd love to talk about it. So that's how you determine if you should include your community service and your leadership on your application. Now here's another consideration you must think about. A lot of students list a bunch of things under community service or under leadership. So there's pros to that and there's cons to that. The pro is obvious. If you have a bunch of stuff listed under leadership, That gives you a lot. I mean, like the readers going, oh my gosh, this is a lot of great things. I mean, wow, you did all this. Now the con of this, this is going to take you off guard and I'm going to tell you with a story. I've interviewed a lot of students in my years running scholarship committees, um, uh, ran a small one at Oklahoma State for three years. I was a director of, uh, of foundation as I shared last week for many years in every scholarship application interview that I've done, I have asked one question and I will tell you right up front. And I tell the students this before I ask the question, I say, now, listen, this is a really hard question. So I want you to kind of get ready for this. And I've even been on committees where I have had committee members apologize to the person before I ask the question. Cause it is a hard question. And I'm always like, Listen, you don't have to preface my question with an apology, it's, it's okay. We're gonna find out a lot about the student through this question. So let me run through the scenario. One year, when I was director of a foundation, we were giving away a lot of money. We got all the students' apps in, we graded them. We had a scoring system that we used. We went through and we broke down all the different categories. Um, we uh, assigned values to those. We laid those all out, Um, everyone, um, you know, we we calculated, had a, a spreadsheet, I plugged in everyone's scores, we did that. Then we had a ranking that we used where you could not only assign points, but then you could just say, hey, overall, I just like this one the best, I like this one second, this one third. We had, and this is not just one year, I've had this happen multiple years, where we've had students that had unbelievable applications. I mean, when you looked at her leadership, It would just be item after item after item. I mean, you just go, my gosh, how did you do all this? This is incredible. Anytime I see an application like that, I get very leery. I I become the biggest skeptic ever. And so here is the big question that I ask. And I, again, now I have asked this of every student I've ever interviewed for a scholarship. It goes like this. I'll let a few rounds of questions go and then it'll come back to me and I'll hold up your application and I'll say, wow, this is incredible. And I kind of look to the committee. I'm like, this application is incredible. Look at all of her leadership. It is outstanding. And and I'll, I'll just say, my gosh, I mean, you've got like 10 different things listed here under leadership and I'll go, that's amazing. I mean, it's obvious you're an amazing leader and I have no idea how you had time to do that, but Wow, I'm so impressed. Every time I've done that, the student has just said, Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes, Mr. Cargo, I'm uh, working really hard. Um, I'm, you know, yeah, involved in a lot, definitely trying to have a lot of leadership and doing a lot in leadership. So then I just say, Well, I'm going to ask you about one. I'd love to kind of learn more about it. And every time I ask that, she's always like, Oh, yeah, can't wait. I never pick the first three ever because I know the first three, she probably did a lot with those. I never pick the last one. I don't know. Sometimes I just kind of have this idea that you save the best one for last or a good one for last. I don't know. But if it's a list of 10 under leadership, I always pick number seven or number eight and it'll go like this. I'll hold up that application. And I'll after I do my little, oh my gosh, you did so much this is incredible. I'll say, well, let me pick one. I want to ask you a question. I'll say, let's pick this one. Red Cross Volunteer. It's listed like number eight out of ten. Now, immediately when I say that, I know to look at the student because I will immediately be able to tell if this is going to go well or this is going to go terribly. The reaction of the interviewer, it's it's just immediate, you know. Cause when I say Red Cross Volunteer, She's immediately wondering, okay, oh my gosh, Red Cross volunteer. Yeah, I put that way down the list. And this is the question that I ask. I say, well, Red Cross volunteer, you you put that under leadership here. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to talk about your leadership with the Red Cross. So here we go. I would like you to name three things you did with the Red Cross this school year. But specifically, since it's listed under leadership, Tell me how you demonstrated leadership in those three activities and how your actions directly impact impacted the outcome of the activities. Go. And I just sit quiet and stare. It is very obvious this is a difficult question. And so what happens is you can tell immediately what the student did because the most common thing that I get there is, well, I went to a meeting. Well, I, I I was part of the Red Cross, but very rarely will I ever even get one thing that she actually did with the Red Cross. And here's really the truth of this. I'm not even interested if she can tell me three things that she did. I'm interested if immediately she can talk about things that she did do. And then that just tells me that it's legitimate, that it actually should be on there. But what I've been told in interviews many times is, well, you know, yeah, I signed up for that. Yeah, I went to a meeting, but I really didn't do a whole lot with the Red Cross, but I was a member. I'd love to talk about a few of those others on there. So when this happens in the interview, it just reveals that a lot of the stuff that's on the application, it's not valid. I remember one year um, we we graded applications and everybody wanted this one person to win. I mean, they were convinced that, man, he should be the winner. And I just didn't buy it because he had so much stuff under leadership and community service. I'm like, there's no way he did all this. And I asked that question in the interview and he just crumbled. He could not answer it. And so we even took a break. He came back in, I asked it again, he crumbled. He could not, he couldn't keep his composure because he didn't do anything with that organization that he had listed under leadership. Now, when he left the room, I held up the application to the other members because I knew there were a bunch of the committee that wanted him to win. I held up the application and I said, what else on this application did he not do? Do you still want him to win? We have no idea. And he didn't win. So it's a tough question, but you don't put Red Cross volunteer on the scholarship app if you didn't do anything with the Red Cross because you may get asked about it and you can invalidate the entire application. So use that as your rule of thumb. Now, what I'm looking for is I'm looking for you not necessarily to be elected to a position. Listen, leadership, when you, when you list things under leadership on a scholarship app, remember this line. It's a very simple line I made up. I use this with every scholarship committee I ever lead or I ever advise. I say to them, listen, leadership is not a title. Leadership is an action student council secretary kept minutes FCA treasurer kept funds should get zero leadership points on the committee zero those two lines do not tell us that she's a leader it tells us she was popular on two days the school voted that's it now I talked about this last week I kind of hinted at all this yes you may be on student council and be a great leader but the title is not what deems you a leader it's the action And I'm not even really interested in you like having titles. My daughter, Casey, she wasn't into the whole running for office thing. I think her freshman year was the only time she ran for office, got elected to something and didn't do it after that. And I told her, I said, I'm great with that because to win leadership scholarships, you don't have to get elected to things. The talents and the passions inside of your soul are not voted on. They're not voted on by your peers. And so what we want to do is we want to use that passion, that talent, and what whatever that is inside of us, we want to use that, and we want to see if we can do a project, something to help inspire, motivate people that are in need, people that are struggling, people that we could help. Then you want to capture what you did in that project, whether that's, uh, you know, Uh, something you did with a big group of people, uh, a few people, whether you did, you know, inside of an organization or what, but you want to capture that. And typically on a scholarship app, you're going to be asked for the organization with which you did your project, your title, and your roles and responsibilities. The title always throws people off because students will be like, well, I, I didn't have a title. It wasn't like I was president. Here's the great news. If it's your project, you can make up the title, call yourself anything you want to be, Christmas meal coordinator. Make it up. It's your project. So you can designate the title. Then you're gonna write a description. And your project description is where your application will be sorted as a winner or a loser. This is where you're gonna the committee's gonna read that. They're either gonna eliminate you or they're gonna say, Hey, yeah, uh, this is a special pile. These, these are the ones that we're gonna consider for the next round of interviews or to decide. Um, who we want to name as the winner. And so that description is the key. Most students don't even include a description. You want to make sure you're getting a description in there somehow. And if students do include a description, it's usually really basic and it doesn't give the reader the necessary information to get the application in the special pile. So here are five keys to writing a winning scholarship or resume description. Number one, you wanna always start with a word ending in ED. Organized, led, developed, implemented, created, managed, prepared, ED words imply that you did it. You see, we have a lot of professional decision makers in the world, we have very few doers. When you start your scholarship application description with an ED word, it tells me you're different, you're a doer, you're already leading the pack. Number two, You should always include numbers. I want you to quantify your projects, include numbers. Look, you know, when I write a scholarship app or when I grade a scholarship app, I like to see the number three rather than the word three. And some people say, hey, that's not professional. That's not formal. Look here, everyone does it the formal way and it's all words and they all look the same and i skim them but i find when students put numbers in the description rather than the words my eyes catch it if you looked at my resume right now my resume is full of numbers and again people say "Eh, it's not very formal listen with the numbers in there the greater or the person reading it it will catch your attention and it quantifies the projects here's the key If you put a general description, fed families at Christmas, the scholarship committee does not have perspective. They really don't know. And there's a lot of debate that goes on in those committees about, well, what did he actually do? Or, I mean, what does this really mean? Fed families, what's that? But when you say specific numbers, how many kids, how many hours, how many families, how many... Then it allows the committee to have perspective and they understand what you actually did. And that is the key. All right. That is going to be the key. You need to quantify, use numbers. It's just like looking at a science book. If you're looking at a science textbook, you know this is true. You look at the graph, like immediately you turn the page, there's a graph. You want to look at the graph. The same way on a scholarship app. When you see numbers, you want to look at the numbers. Number three do your projects in teams. Look, don't do it alone. When you have this passion, this thing that you're like, man, I want to do this great project. I want to, um, you know, I I want to get some, uh, I I love horticulture. I've shared this on, on the episodes. I have a huge orchard. We have 84, um, we put in this year, 84 fruit and nut trees. And, and so I just love horticulture. And I tell students in my workshop, listen, if you love horticulture, if you're like me, you're an FFA, you love horticulture, here's what you need to do. You get a few of your friends who love horticulture and you go to your elementary administration, your high school, you go to the administration and you ask if they will allow you to adopt one class in the elementary, one grade, one class, just one class and see if you and a couple of your friends can do a project with that class where you're gonna set up one raised bed garden at the elementary school. You're gonna teach that class about organic gardening, sustainable living, taking care of the earth, and you're gonna plant a couple fruit trees at the elementary school, and you're gonna teach them how to maintain them. And you're gonna use that to inspire them, motivate them, help them, and you're doing exactly what you love to do. So I don't want you to do that alone. Look, if you do that project alone, it's gonna be a lot harder. If you do it with a couple friends that also share that passion, You'll do a better job, you'll have more fun, you'll bond as friends, you'll stay motivated, and doing projects in teams shows leadership. Again, leadership's not a title, it's an action. And when you do a project like this with teams, it shows the action. Number four, include money. Now this does not mean attach a 20 to the application, all right, no, no, don't do that. What this means is if your project is associated or had money involved in any way, you should put that dollar value in the description. Look, if you did the horticulture project that I just talked about, possibly you had to raise some money to buy the fruit trees, or maybe you had some of the, uh, uh, the soil for the raised bed donated, you could put the value of that soil donated, you could put the value of those plants that were donated, if if you raised money for it then you put how much money you raised now some projects maybe you love to read and you do a project at the elementary school where you and a couple friends just go read with a couple kids that are going through a hard time that week and you do that every week for you know a couple months well there's no money or value like dollar value associated with that and that's fine but if there is a dollar value associated with it you should include it maybe you serve meals at your uh, city rescue mission Will estimate the dollar value of the meals you served and include that in the description. And number five, the last one, put what you did last in your description. See, if a student had a description at all, as I said just a minute ago, it might say fed families at Christmas. But I like to put fed families at Christmas last in the description. So what I do instead is I say, organized, team of three, Raising $300 to feed five families at Christmas. And again, now I'm going to use numbers instead of the letters on all that. So think about what the greater does. She'll say, organized, doer. Organized team of three, leader. Raising $300, what'd you do with that? Then I say it, I fed families at Christmas by putting what you did last in the scholarship description. It keeps the grader on the application longer and it allows you to tell more about yourself. So that's the strategy. You wanna follow those five. And if you could do that, you're gonna find that your scholarship application gets read and you're gonna find that you're much more likely to be named one of the winners. All right, so if you will go to scholarships.chadcarger.com, get that PDF downloaded and you'll see that as I talk through this episode, I was doing a lot of what's on that document. And you can kind of follow along, and I expound more uh, in uh, in the document. I give some project examples and different things. So get that resource, and that way you'll have that. Always refer to that. Anytime you're creating a scholarship app or a resume, you should immediately refer back and say, did I follow the five rules? Am I close? You may not have all of them, that's okay, but did I, include those five rules where i could and if you do that your application is going to be way way better and you'll have a much better chance of being named a winner all right well that is part two of the scholarship series and parts three and four are coming in the next couple of weeks i hope you're enjoying this and if you are please uh let me know I, uh, you know when i when i do these episodes uh, you know, the only way I really know how much they help is if I get feedback. So if, if you like it, let me know, uh, if there's things you'd like me to cover that I'm not, let me know. And again, this really, uh, is just kind of a, uh, this came about from the webinars that I was doing with the parents and I kept getting asked all these questions and this was by far the biggest, uh, concern of the parents, even our poll questions, uh, scholarships were more than double uh, the other questions, uh, the other uh, areas of concern and uh, more than double the questions that I was receiving. So again, you can go to podcast.chadcargo.com, find that information um all the episodes that I've done. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you'd leave a review. Uh, if, certainly if you're an Apple podcast user, just click that five star and type a very short review. That would be great. And I'd like to read one that was uh, left by Diane Portillo. And I hope I said that right uh, Diane Portillo. She said, great information, uh, great info for college bound students. She said, great information. I just listened to the to episode one and can't wait to hear the rest. I'm a parent of a Washington high school student and she attended your session in February. She learned some great information then too. Washington high school. I'm so glad, uh, Diane, that you included the high school. So I give a shout out to Washington high school, Washington high school in Oklahoma is just an amazing place and uh, if you're a rival of Washington's I'm sorry you can you know turn off the podcast or whatever because I'm gonna brag on Washington for a little bit man it's a great community uh, it's, it's great people and they've got so many good programs there uh, i love going to washington uh, their their football team is amazing they got a great coach there it's just a great school with great people and uh, I, I loved it when i got to do the workshop at washington high school this past year um, man it was, a, it was a lively group that just really interacted well and so uh, anyway uh thank you so much diane For leaving that comment Uh, i'm glad you're enjoying the podcast and i hope you'll continue to listen and look if you're enjoying the podcast share it with somebody just tell one person that you think this might help because i would love to be able to get them information as well and hopefully uh we'll see their scores go up and they can win a bunch of those scholarships as well you can go to calendar.chadcargo.com and view all of my scheduled classes Uh, i'm all over Uh, Every school year, I do workshops in Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas, Missouri, Kansas, Nebraska, Iowa, and I would love to come to your state as well. So all you got to do is just reach out to us, and you can email my assistant, Penny, at ChadCargo.com, or call our office and uh, let us know where you're at, and we'll get you on the schedule, and hopefully uh, I can come see you and do a workshop. If there's not a workshop scheduled in your area, and you are not able to get your school to schedule, you can attend a workshop nearby. So on my calendar, uh, you'll see all those schools and you can just call them up and just see if they have space available. And usually there is uh, at at most schools. Now there are a few that we get in some uh, smaller spaces where every seat will fill, but uh, you can call and see if there's space for you and hopefully you can join us at that school. All right. Well, I'm glad you joined the podcast this week and next week I'm going to be back and we're going to start diving in to, hey, now I'm a finalist. What do I do? I'm a finalist for the scholarship. Uh, man, I've been I've been told I'm gonna have an interview and wow, I cannot wait to tell you what to do and what not to do in an interview. I have interviewed hundreds and in all of my interviews, I, I just keep making these middle notes of wow, don't ever do that or yeah, yeah, that's how you do an interview. So I'm gonna tell you some great stories of things to do. I'm gonna go through a lot of examples of do not do this. Do not do that. Here's how you prepare for an interview. I really think you're going to enjoy the next two episodes. So I hope you'll join us again next week. All right. Well, thank you again for joining and I will be back with you next week for the next episode on scholarships and interviewing. You guys have a great weekend. Thank you so much for joining.